We kick off hour three. The Hickman special. Feta and rice. Delicious. And that is it. If only I had a little bit of cilantro. Mm. I love me some cilantro. Mm. I think it tastes like soap, but for some reason I'm See, I don't I think like that. That's a genetic thing that some people do have, but I don't oh, there's something you can do to cilantro that gets rid of that too, and I cannot remember what it was. Really? Cuz I think I have that condition. Really? Mhm. Like if there's cilantro in your salsa, you're just out on it. Um, I mean, if there's a lot, if it's heavy cilantro, if it's just some, it's not that bad, but yeah, it, my wife loves cilantro, so when she puts it in something, if it's too much, I just, it doesn't taste good to me. It hmm. must be that deal. I don't know. It's so good. It says, uh, lightly cooking it mm, instead of just cutting it fresh into okay. What are you Good doing, enough. neighbor? I'm ah, grilling my cilantro. Also says that the uh, the more you eat it, the more used to, mm. and uh, like there you create like an aversion to the soapy flavor the well, more you eat it. So I you mean, just need to get your big love, handful. I love salsa, and we eat that all the time. Mm -hmm. so it's probably why it's not that bad. I've got a favorite salsa in town, and they won't give me the recipe. I've never had anything like it anywhere in my entire life, and they won't give me the recipe. I'm gonna have to get hired there. Get the recipe and then quit. Mm. It's gonna be a shame, but it'd be or, so worth it. Why don't you just be a little bit more charming? I can teach you if you need me to. Oh no, I I I literally knew everybody in there, and they knew me by by name. And I'd, every time I'd ask, I'd be like, "Hey, any chance I can get?" Can't do it. Sorry. Steal it. It's it's like nothing I've ever had. It's like you have green salsa at this restaurant and green salsa at this restaurant. Like, oh yeah, they're pretty. They're different, but they're. Similar. This is never had anything. Uh, like this it. might be a hot take, but I think salsa is kind of overrated. What's wrong with salsa? Like if I go to a Mexican restaurant, I want queso or guac. Those are good. The salsa is free. I know, but I, I I would even take a bean dip over salsa. Okay, get out of here. <laughs> a bean dip. I mean, I'm down with the case. I, I actually like to mix the queso and the salsa uh, a little bit. That's, uh, no. Delicious. <laughs> no. a, then it's a spicy no. queso. No. Those people should have to sit outside somewhere away where I can't see it because that is the no. Wait, I mean, <laughs> no. the only problem no. I have is when people like dip the salsa, no, no, then no, dip no, into no. the cheese, no. so then everybody has no, salsa no, not cheese. Like that. I get, my, I like, get this my own is, cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make the yeah. Make the concoction. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's mm. nope. bean dip. Really, bean dip. Bean over dip. Salsa. But is there such thing of like if? I've never gotten a bean dip at a Mexican restaurant. Is it just refried beans with cheese on top? Like that's the that's the side they give you for free with every Mexican dish. There's one we go to out of town where that's what comes with the chips, not salsa. It's like bean dip. So like here are your free chips and your, your dip, dip, and it's a bean dip. Yeah, every time, yeah. everybody. I mean, I think you can ask for salsa and they don't even charge you. But like, yeah, they but bring out they the... bring out a bean dip with every chips. Really, it's very different. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about like seven layer dip? Mm. I, the more I've had good homemade seven layer dips. The stuff you get at the grocery store. You know, you know, I don't like mixing things too much. Chorizo, queso. Mr. Salsa and queso. That's two things. Not that much. It's not chorizo, a casserole. Queso. Mm. I like chorizo and I like queso. I think it's almost a. This is going to sound weird. It's a little much when it's chorizo queso. Chorizo queso. Now ground beef and pico in the queso. That's a game changer. That's a game changer. It's got to be seasoned ground beef, but. 
Of course, yeah. I've seen you eat a big old plate of chicken nachos. I, I know your game. Mm, that sounds pretty good right like, now. It does. Brett got us all hungry but during like, the break. Like I'll eat Jeez. salsa too, just because it's doing, always Brett? there. But sorry, we're having salsa. We were having. I was asking. We were having a salmon conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Salmon. I didn't. To be honest, I didn't bring it on the air. My mouth is watering. <laughs> Mm, people are now sending me pictures of bean dip. <laughs> ah, Easy. Delicious. <laughs> What's wrong with what? It's it's, it's getting it's worked fun. up over there. Just like a good like a good bean. Dip. Are you are you big dip guy? You like trying different dips? Yeah. Yeah. Probably average. Dips are good. I like. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Like, if I got a good chicken tortilla soup or chili or whatever, like, I I love to have just a stack of chips, man. That's and me. Especially when it's a little too hot. Mm. I love to just use it as a dip at first because it just, you know, you can hold it, cool it down a little. If I have... Take it right off the top. I would say, like, anytime I have chili or really any, you know, soup, especially if it's, like, a chunky soup, I basically don't need a spoon because I'm just going to use chips to eat it. Yeah, one time... uh Somebody was supposed to be making chicken tortilla, and they put the whole block of cheese in instead. It was supposed to be halved, whatever the measurements were, mm-hmm. and it was actually really good. But it was just it was, gooey. Yeah, it was yeah. like a dip. It was like you made a dip, not a soup. Mm. Mm. Bean dip. I might have to order a bean dip the next Try time. Try a bean dip. I don't know how. See how it goes. You might be the first person I've ever heard say I prefer bean dip over salsa. I mean, like bean dip third on the list, but. Yeah, still think I would. My favorite restaurant in town has a salsa bar. They've got eight oh. different salsas, and that's where the one that they won't give me the recipes to. Green salsa is better too. This one's green. You should just it's green get and some to go, and then take it home. And I've tried. Like get a scientist to like break. <sighs> that's this what down. I need to do. I got a pretty good palate. I think if I taste it, <laughs> you'll I know can exactly. maybe pick out what's in it. You know. Yeah, your palate's great, Mr. Like, White Rice and cheese. <laughs> like Dr. Pepper's got 23 flavors in it. And, and I can name them no, all. No, like one time before I Googled it, I was like, let's see what I can get. And, you know, I got a couple of them, right? What, like ones. sugar? No, I'm like Did you get sugar flavors. Right? He's like, going to be like, like black press. licorice, you know? There's tomatoes in this salsa. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on which I night you go. I salt, too. <laughs> uh, this has uh, jalapenos in it, I'm pretty sure. Green chilies, salt, mm. onion. I'm wondering if it's egg, egg whites. Egg whites. What? Yeah. We'll we'll go. We'll go sometime soon for y'all, lunch. Y'all you, figure it out. You've had it. I know. You know the one I'm talking about. It's been a long time though. It has been a long time. Me too. Oh, it's the best. That stuff. I used to order it to go, and. Mm. When I'd pick it up at the store, you can go make your own salsa, but the ramekins were really small, so I'd have to do like eight of them. I finally started asking for a coffee cup, and I'd just fill it with that stuff. Sad. Actually kind of great. Well, then I had it for days. It was, it was great. Days. It was amazing. Hmm. But it'll get you sometimes. Spicy. Spicy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bean dip. Bean dip. Who would have thunk it? All right, we'll come back with more Hour 3 next. (laughs) Bean dip.
Hour three continues. I'm going to go back to the big orange Philly phone lines. 865-546-8200. we got Matthew up next. What's up, Matthew? You're on three and out. Hey, guys. Happy uh, what, Victory Thursday. Victory Thursday. Only champions allowed. Only champions allowed. You can only have bean dip, apparently. Mm, bean dip. Mm. Are you guys big? So I'm a big this is a big pet peeve of mine. People that get the queso and the salsa, dip the salsa in, and then dip the queso with the salsa chip into the queso. Ruins it. Yeah. I I just, it's a big pet peeve of mine. I hope none of y'all do that. If you do it, well, shame on you. Stop. Yeah, no, it's bad uh, etiquette. Yeah, it's bad etiquette. Exactly. And it just looks gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing about last night that would have made it better, I know we all saw Uros doing the crane. I thought that was kind of funny. How awesome would it be if we started smoking? Well, you can't do it in TBA, but if we start smoking cigars after beating Bama in basketball, that would just be awesome. Mm. Well, I mean, I guess if I'm not mistaken, Bama is has the second most wins against Tennessee in the SEC all time. It's Kentucky and then Alabama. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a pretty good rivalry. And now, last night it would have been nice. I mean, you don't have to smoke them in the in the arena, but just you know have them ready to go. You know, just chew on them for a little bit till you get outside. Just have a have a chew chew. Uh, what's it called? Uh, a black and mild. Yeah, just a little chew a chew stogie with the wood tip. There you go. Hmm. There you go. Uh, talking about the turnovers, guys. The turnovers were keys in that game. I'm just curious in y'all's eyes. Do you think? Do you think a lot of those were just self-inflicted by Alabama being just poor with the ball, or do you think Tennessee actually forced a lot of them? I think they were poor with the ball because they were so uncomfortable with our defensive pressure. So I think it's it's a little bit of both, but I don't think you get them to make those mistakes without having great pressure on the ball, great off-the-ball defense. And then, man, every time they inbound, inbounded the ball, like they were, they had no idea what to do. Like They were throwing it to guys in the corner – they were just throwing bad passes, like Eurosh's steal. That was just a terrible inbounds inbounds play. Uh, the one play where Miller, because Vescovi's all over him, gets kind of turned around, and the guy just throws it out of bounds. Like you don't get those mistakes without the pressure. But I didn't think I didn't think Bama handled it very well at all. No, they didn't. But it was really just kind of surprising. I, I think you said it best this morning in hour one. Meshack is your gold star defensive player of the game, and. His game reminded me so much of a, a very annoying style, Tony Allen, Dylan Brooks defensive style, where he's going to just guard you and get in your face. He didn't do anything offensively, but he just, I didn't know he had that in him, to be fair. Yeah, I, I, it may be a poor comparison. We'll see kind of what happens. He reminds me of Josh Richardson in Josh's first two and a half years. A guy who could really defend, and if you got him in the open court, you could see he could, you know, a great athlete, could fly through the air. And then I think it was halfway through his third year, started to develop a little bit of an attacking game. And then as he, I think he played point guard his senior year, you know, he could shoot the three and make a bunch of different plays for you. I'm not saying Meshack will get to that point offensively, but as far as just like the raw talent and especially defensive tenacity, he reminds me of a young Josh Richardson. 
No, it'll be interesting to see how he's how he develops. I think he's going to be here for the long haul. And and now we turn our attention, guys. You got to move on to Kentucky now and snap and clear. We need to get this one. We need to get this one done because this is just. I think honestly, state losing to Kentucky was actually a helpful benefit. I don't, I don't want them coming in with their heads down. I want them kind of feeling a little bit like they still have that chip on their shoulder because I want to take it from them. I really do. I want to. I want them to be as heavy with air as I can, like thinking that they're a good team because at the end of the day, even though they're as talented on paper, Tennessee should be favored to win that game. Even if, even though it's at a rough, I still think when the spread comes out, I think it'll be Tennessee minus three. I, I truly believe that. Do you disagree? Did Kim Baum have a number for that game? Mm-hmm. That wasn't the 24 number, though, was it? Wait, what are you asking? Hang on, I'm on the wrong team. For our, uh, what, like, what's the score prediction through Kim Palm for Tennessee-Kentucky this weekend? Yeah, I don't understand what you said about 24. You said we're favored by 24. Was oh, that no, South that, Carolina? Yeah, we're, oh, yeah we're, not, we're not favored to beat Kentucky. On the no, I know. That's, what I, that's yeah. what I thought. South Carolina, we're, we're supposed to win by 24, 98%. Kentucky, we're supposed to win by 4, oh, okay. 64% chance. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Oh, our, actually, go. the game we're the biggest, um, like, or the least heavily favored in is actually at Auburn to end the season mm-hmm. where we're supposed to win 65, 64. Oh, goody. Yeah, so that'll be fun if it goes that way. Well, there you have it. I, I'll be interested to see what this lineup looks like, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. Tennessee's got a really – small ball lineup is what's, what's done it for Tennessee. I mean, they when you've got Zakai out there, Tyreek, and Santi, it, there's so much rotation that I feel like you're able to kind of get, get them out in space and it works really well. I mean, call me crazy here, but, I mean, I say that sarcastically. A left-handed shooter like Santiago Vescovi hitting those – threes in the corner i mean just it's i think we've got i think we're finally peaking and we're getting in the right place i'll see how it works but uh i guess for this matchup with kentucky and i'll give you back the time who do you think matches up with oscar Sheway? thanks guys and go balls i mean euros had 19 on him the first game that said they kind of let euros have his a do really frustrated him last year up here I mean, really bothered him. And yeah. I, I think with Adu coming off the game he had, I'd feel as good as I possibly could about Adu matching up with Shibway, at least to start the game. But I think I think you do similarly what you did last night. You just keep rolling bodies at him. Mm-hmm. Make him uncomfortable. They killed us on the glass, didn't they, in the first match? <coughs> they did. Yeah. Yeah, you may see more Awaka. Mystery. Uh, yeah, I thought there were times in the first matchup this year where Awaka kind of frustrated him. Because mm-hmm. Awaka... He's he's not as athletically gifted, but he fights for rebounds a lot like Shibway. Just I yeah. got it. That, that's mine. I have to go get it. So and height wise, I mean that's pretty even matchup. What right is there. what is Shibway? Is he six ten? I do not even think he's that. Oscar Shibway. He's six nine. Okay. Okay. So six, I, nine, I, I, I thought he was six eight, but what's a walk of six seven six six? I thought he was listed as six eight. Tobe Owaka is 68250. 68250. So he only gives up an inch? 69260. That's Shiwe. Yeah, that could be a battle They're right there. They're kind of the same dude. Shiwe's arm span has to be like th- a foot long. Wingspan. Night, <laughs> like he has yeah. to have a foot on, on Tobe, though. Because mm-hmm. he looks a, he looks bigger than 6'10 to me. He doesn't look unathletically big, but. He's got he his arms have to be like seven four or something. Yeah. 
I mean, it's another super important game. I mean, you kind of you kind of blow the credit for beating Alabama if you like lose to Kentucky Saturday and then lose to A and M, yeah, or lose to Auburn and Arkansas or whatever. I mean, well, and I think it would just it would feed right into the confusion and frustration that you've gotten so far this season with this team. It's frustrating when you see them lose to those types of teams because you see how well they play against Texas and Kansas and now Alabama. And I've kind of been talking about it all year. It, this has been, for as successful as they've been all season long, You know, they hit 20 wins last night, this has been one of the more inconsistent teams I can remember under Rick Barnes because you really don't know what you're going to get game to game, night to night. Yep. It hasn't all, it not necessarily all bad, but some days, you know, I mean, you probably could have scored 90 on Texas if you wanted to, and you couldn't get to 50 against Auburn. I don't think there are many teams in the field this year that can say that their floor is lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament, but mm-hmm. also their ceiling is make a Final Four, potentially win a national championship. Yeah. And yeah. Tennessee can. Did you say first round? Yeah, it's a, the because we very well could lose in the first round, but I mean, on the flip side, like, I don't think we'd lose to a fifteen. Uh, buddy, if we can't throw it in the ocean and they get hot, no telling. But like, like I yeah. said, I mean, that, that, I say that, but that's exactly how Virginia lost. We also can go to the final four. Mm-hmm. And we've showed that last night while we didn't even really play that well on offense. Yeah. But I mean, Rick, like credit to Rick Barnes. I mean, he outcoached Nate Oates last night. That's future Tennessee head basketball coach Nate Oates. I don't want that bum. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> His team couldn't even handle a little defensive pressure. Mm-hmm. 19 turnovers, I'd be pulling my hair out. The second Rick Barnes retires, you would be on your hands and knees begging. I would not be on my hands and knees, pal. Begging for NATOs to come to Knoxville. I was I was really impressed with him after the game. Yeah, I mean he's a, because he's he's a guy who's on the officials a lot, and there have been some games, not that many this year, obviously, because they've only now lost what was that their fourth loss last night. Mm-hmm. He he can get a little bit pouty sometimes we, after a game, but he was very very complimentary of. I saw a lot of Tennessee fans; they were dogging on Nate Oates. They're like, Nate o- Nate Oates, I don't I hate him worse than I hate Cal. He's been on the officials all night. And then five minutes later, you'll see the same Tennessee fan. Rick Barnes needs to get on these officials. Get a tech. Like, get a tech. Like, Fire okay. the place up. Like, yeah, I saw on. I saw a bunch of that last night. Uh, but from all accounts, seems like a pretty good dude, him and Danny White. I, I can usually well tell together. by how long Rick Barnes will talk to the coach after the game. Yeah. Because Rick Barnes, if, if he knows you and likes you, he's going to be like, hey, man, great job, you know, uh-huh. whatever. So proud of him. And they, they, they talked for a minute. You know, after the game, it wasn't just a handshake and hit the house. I mean, even with him and Cal at the end of a game, sometimes you'll get that because it's like the rivalry and we don't want to look like we're best friends, even though they're best friends. Mm-hmm. But he, he talked to Nate Oates for a while. So Nate Oates must have been, you know, pretty complimentary Did to you Rick. See and the uh, handshake between Jim Beheim and North Carolina State's head coach the other night. No, was it a drive by? Uh, no, it was like two and a half minutes. Really? Yeah. And I, it looked like there was a lot of sarcasm and just like, uh, you know, like low-key bleep this guy. Oh, they were like getting into it? Like, Bayham had like this like fake, mm-hmm. just cheesy grin and smile the whole time. And like, you couldn't see North Carolina State's coach's face because he had his back turned. But like, you could tell, I mean, he was like kind of. Who won? Syracuse. Okay. 
I thought you meant who won the altercation. Mm, no. <laughs> Not the game. I was, I was curious as to who would and be. It, everybody was uh, mad because that was the uh, same night as the Michigan-Wisconsin game. And so, you know, everybody was like, wow, we really expected Michigan-Wisconsin to be the most interesting handshake line tonight. But nope. Of course, because John Howard tried to fight Wisconsin's coach. Hmm. Yesterday was four months to the day since the win over Alabama in football. October 15th to February 15th. How about that? Hmm. There you go. I mean, it's just, you know, stats, mm-hmm. math. Feels good. We'll come 2-0 back. in the creamsicles, by the way. Just wear them the rest of the season, please. I mean, just make that the uniform if you have to. I'm fine with that. Played this bumper, maybe not. Not today. I can play Ever. it twice if you prefer. Good, thank you. I think that's. I think you cut me during the break when you threw that pin, Chris. It didn't even hit you. Yeah, it did. It hit the back of my neck. No, it didn't. I watched it bounce back over your neck. It grazed it. It did not graze it. It's so, also a pin with a cap on it. How did I'm, it cut you? Be lucky I'm wearing eye eye protection. I didn't hit you in the eye. Yeah, you could have. No, not with my aim. Did you guys see that the uh, case against Chris Beard got dropped? I did see that. Which means nothing. Which means Hickman's going to be on his hands and knees begging for Chris Beard. No. I mean, if Nate We've got Oates, a pipeline coming from Texas, man. It is what it is. If Nate Oates and Scott Drew and TJ Otzelberger turn you down, sure. But this is hypothetically speaking, once Rick Barnes retires... I would never want to fire Rick Barnes. I'm not an idiot. But I am critical of Rick Barnes. There's a difference. Uh, that is Hickman. But I mean, like, the you gr- have walked in here and said, fire him. That's an overreaction, Cress. Like, that's heat huh? of the moment. Okay. I'm just, that's I'm, me angry at the I'm world. just allowing you to explain. Like, I, I wouldn't, like, obviously, like, if somebody wants to fire Rick Barnes, truly, if they truly believe that, they're an idiot. But Well, people at this station are being accused of being um, livid and furious that we won last night. I know, it sucked. Like, I predicted it to win, and I'm still mad it happened. I find that very hard to believe. I was darn tired. Well, I think, realistically speaking, there, are, there have obviously been games, and this is true of every coach. Like, you, you criticize when bad things happen because if you know the sport, whatever the sport may be, Enough to see some flaws. That's what you do. You talk about the flaws. With Rick Barnes, there has been a propensity to have the same flaws show up numerous times throughout a season and then throughout his career here. And that becomes frustrating. Last night for me was maybe his best, him and his staff, obviously, but one of the best coaching jobs. I remember when Tennessee beat Kansas after our, all those players got suspended and a couple kicked off the team. And everyone said that's one of Bruce Pearl's best coaching jobs. I thought last night was truly one of Rick Barnes's best coaching jobs, not because he won with a bunch of scrubs, but because the plan on both sides of the ball 
was so good. Yeah. The adjustments were so good. And I I mean, I'm going to pat us on the back a little bit, but that's really not the point of this. But we said, like, do do some different things. And I don't know if you saw it. He called a few different plays when they were coming down the court last night. Mm -hmm. I don't know what this play is. You know what this one is? The bird flappy? That's fly. Fly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that's right. But they ran money right before the halftime set. Mm-hmm. They had come walk come out and set the screen for Zakai, who attacked. And I think we got a pretty good look off. We got good looks last night. We just didn't hit shots. But defensively, which has never really been an issue under a Rick Barnes team, but those guys were locked in, fired up. And, you know, we said it. it's got to be Mayshack. That's the only guy who athletically can stick with Brandon Miller. And then I thought Rick Barnes made a good point. He said, you know, when we had Durant, he actually didn't like it when it was smaller, quicker guys guarding him that could, you know, pester him and, and frustrate him throughout the game. And Meshack was able to do that. It was it was it was a perfect game plan. It was a perfect scout. We heard that from Jay Billis. They hit free throws late when they needed to, which had been an issue. They got timely stops and turnovers, which had been an issue lately as you're trying to close out some of these games. A lot of questions, at least last night, got answered. And that's just I think that's what everybody wanted to see. The the people who are being accused of saying fire Rick Barnes. They they just want to see development. They want to see changes made. What they want to see pe- problems fixed. And I think last night you saw that. And I think what those people actually mean when they say that is like they just mean like, hey, you can't critique Rick Barnes. Like you know, there's a difference between wanting to fire somebody and critiquing somebody. Uh, Nate, I don't know if you saw this on uh, on your watch, but uh, there were a couple of times when Alabama would have the ball on the inbounds a little bit later in the shot clock, and uh, Rick Barnes. He would instead of having to fight through the screens, he would just mismatch who was guarding who on the out of bounds. So that mm-hmm. way, pre-switching the screen yeah, so the that screen when you do came, switch, you're in the you're perfect. Boom. Yeah. You're just, yeah, and I thought that was something that we've never utilized before, to my knowledge. Well, and it was something Bama wasn't ready for, because at that point, when it's Vescovy on Bediaco, you scrap the play and just go post up, get yeah. right under the basket. It's an easy layup, and Bama's. Just like what? looking around and running the stuff, and then they're walking, literally walking right into our perfect yeah. defensive switch. That was, I mean, that's a great scout to be that far ahead in their mm-hmm. sets on the in, in and out of bounds. I mean, that's great. Okay, back to Chris Beard for a sec because you briefly brought it up. I still, I don't know how you guys feel. I still don't think he's going to be hireable for any major Power Five programs, at least for the foreseeable future. Because yeah, the charges were dropped, but. I mean, there were still. I think he could get a Power Five job this offseason, but it wouldn't be a big name. I mean, there's still a lot of evidence that points to. No, yeah, sure, he, sure. I mean, he did put his hands on a female, so like charges or no charges, like the bruises and bite marks. Or mm-hmm. I mean, those those aren't going away. You know, like there's evidence of that, whether the charges were filed or not. And that's just something, and rightfully so. That's just something most athletic directors right now. I say most because there's some who probably just don't care. Just don't want to deal with that. With the the modern kind yeah. of climate around sure. situations like that, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I just I think that's just too big of a headache. Usually, guys in basketball and that stuff like that happens. They go to some mid major who, mm-hmm. you know, can fly under the kind of the media criticism, but they care about basketball, and want to win. Yeah. So they, you know, kind of like Patino. Yeah. Going exactly. to exactly. Iona, you yeah. know. Which I've seen a couple of. Uh, Brackets out there that have us playing Iona in round one. Don't like that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Jeez. Rather Scared just, of little old Iona? I'd just rather avoid that if, if at all possible. <laughs> Was it last week we were pitted up against uh, 
15 seed Furman in the first round. Mm-hmm. Have you seen their numbers? I saw somebody. They're like Bama light. Mm. They take like the third most three pointers in the country. Their tempo is like eighth. And they, I think they're scoring like 87 points a game or something. Yeah, they are 21 and seven, uh, 41st in offense, not, not good at defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Tempo numbers aren't that crazy here, but um, really good effective field goal percentage. They shoot the – it's funny how their two-point percentage is third in the nation, which means they're not taking mid-range shots. Like, that's t- mm-hmm. a typical uh, kind of thing there. So, um, yeah, and taking a lot of threes, 15th and three points attempts per field goal attempts. Yeah, not as good as Bama, but a very similar analytical approach to offense especially. Yeah, they lost last night, though, to uh, the Citadel, who's 309th in the country. So, yikes. Of course, it won't matter. It's going to be all about who wins the tournament in the SOCON. Sure. But, uh, what, like, do we care about the SEC standings? Is it really, it doesn't really matter, I guess. As long as we're in the top four. That's what I was going to say. Like, it, it just doesn't make a big, I mean, you can kind of catch a better or worse matchup, but it doesn't always even line up with, with well, the seeds necessarily. If, if A&M finishes as the two, would you not want to be the three? Why? Oh, well, To yeah. be on their yeah, hat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to, to avoid Bama and Kentucky potentially till the end? Although it may not be yeah. Kentucky, I guess. Well, it might Kentucky be. Auburn are one game behind us. Kentucky's in fifth. Yeah, fourth and fifth for Auburn and Kentucky. So if you could, okay. if you could avoid Alabama, Auburn, and Kentucky, all those teams until the final, if it sits the, right, the way it is now, that'd be great. Yeah, so that'd be pretty neat. Second or third. I guess yeah. it's a lot better than fourth. second or third with A and M opposite you would yeah. be good. Yeah, and A&M well, is, we say that we need to play them first and A- see yeah. how we match Maybe up. Maybe they're with a them. terrible matchup for that. I don't know. Uh, a and M is is three games ahead of Auburn and Kentucky. It's crazy. They're two games ahead of us. Eleven and two in conference play are the Aggies. It's uh, Alabama A and M, then Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky. Then after that, seven and six Missouri and Vanderbilt and Florida are all tied. Arkansas six and seven along with Georgia. Mississippi State five and eight, Ole Miss, South Carolina both two and eleven. You know LSU's in last place. Well, they're one and twelve, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I just kind of forgot they even existed. We'll come back final segment. I think of the a show. lot of people did. Next. Final segment of the program. They didn't splinter, Chris. That's what Barnes said. They did not. After the two uh, the two losses. They stayed together. Strong wood. They knew other guys had to step up tonight, and Jemai Meshack was terrific defensively. Jonas, Santi, you look at Santi and Z's numbers, they were outstanding. Mm. But when plays needed to be made, players made plays. Rick Barnes to the team after the game. Maybe the best 40 minutes of defense he's ever seen. Ball screens on the side, what we need to do in the middle. Just some incredible defensive intensity and effort by a lot of guys. A lot of guys. It wasn't one guy that that went in that game tonight that didn't help us win this game. Not one guy. Just Mm. really proud of the effort. And I can tell you, and you guys might think I'm crazy, 
after those tough losses, these guys stayed with it. Stayed with it. <laughs> Huge game last night. That was that was fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Why didn't they splinter, Coach? I think it's the quality of players we recruit. <laughs> kind of a weird – I'm going to take credit for I – mean, it, it's like, yeah, you did. It, they are. So, yeah, okay, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. He even admitted that he's tough on them. He said, I obviously can be tough with them. I do know that they love this program, and they've taken great pride in the work they've put into it. So he did. He tried to give them credit for their character, mm-hmm. which I think is nice, instead of saying, oh, I I made sure we wouldn't right, know, right. allow the outside noise. I had to, a big talk yeah. with them about you know not who splintering. Who gave credit last night to? Who's that? The fans. He did, you know, you're right. But, it, but like, okay, the way he said it is like, this right here, this is the most underrated environment in the country. Just something, I was like, why can't you just say like, yeah, this the is best the best, yeah, yeah. dude? I don't. know. I get what he's saying there, though. It's, I mean, underrated. Ten, I don't. Know. But if you, if you ask just a, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't say a casual college basketball fan, just a college basketball fan outside of the SEC, like, hey, name your top five environments. Like Tennessee's not making anybody's list. And no. and TV does not do that place justice for noise. I swear we always get fewer microphones around the crowd than other places do when they have No, games. we probably do because it's such a – I mean, so comparatively it's, so it's a huge crowd. So, that you know, they go to some of these smaller arenas and two mics will pick up, you know, too much. But I, I did think the mix was turned down. Because right at the intro of the game, Billis is talking and the crowd's real loud and then they just they, – they turn the crowd way, way down. Well, people might have thought we were crazy, Chris, but guess who had the highest plus-minus in the basketball game last night for Tennessee? Jemai Meshack. Jemai Meshack. We said it has to be Meshack. It's got to be. You might think we're crazy. Tommy doesn't have to score. He didn't score. He did a great job on Brandon Miller. Tyreek Key took him a little bit as well. Team defense. Meshack did not give up a field goal from Miller when he was in. Got to the line a couple times. That was it. Wow. Absolutely unreal. Huge win. We'll uh, get you all set for the weekend tomorrow. Friday edition. Keep it locked in for the Blitz next here on Fan Run Radio.